Oh, we're doing well today. How are we doing? I know I was okay or something. Something, you know, you betcha. You know. So I, I mentioned maybe last Sunday. I don't remember for sure, but uh, you know, I, I kind of just read the Bible, you know, through. And sometimes I'll read at home on a different area when I'm reading. Read here, I read in a different area. As long as I'm reading the Bible, right? How many think the pastor should read his Bible? Yay! Isn't that a novel thought? And uh, but everyone should take some time to read read the scriptures. Um, I believe that, as Scripture tells us, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of of the Lord. So the men got talking about that. Actually, we did, we did talk about something spiritual this week at men's breakfast or men's coffee. We got talking about that very thing. You know, it's good to hear the word. And uh, it's good to read it, meditate, of course. But, and, but we need to be able to hear it. And I, I encourage sometime when you're all alone, don't do this in a, you know, you, know, you don't have to do this when, you're wondering, what's the matter with that person? You quote the scripture, you read the scripture to, to, to yourself or to the Lord. And, just, and, and, and what you're doing is you're, you're, you're actually, I believe we can establish the Lord's territory. We can make an environment, create an atmosphere for the Lord to, to dwell in. You know, I, got, I was reading along in Exodus this morning, and got, wow, this is, this is not, doesn't seem that spiritual when we're talking about how God is telling Moses how to build the tabernacle that they're going to carry through the, the desert for 40-some years, and all the details, and all the boards, and all the weaving, all the, God is into detail, right? God notices the little things. God says if this is important, it's important, right? And so I just kind of read through and said, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to keep plowing through here. And uh, so I'm going to go back and I'm going to use a portion of Exodus today to set our, uh, our stage this morning for the message. And I'm going to title this message today, Get Your Own Straw. Huh? How many farmers? Okay, come on. Get your own straw. How many know where I'm going? Ah, uh, not too many. One person knows where I'm going. We are going to Exodus chapter 5 because that is where God has called Moses. He's already called him. Moses has, you know, argued with God several, on several occasions. Moses didn't want to do the job called him to. The job that God called him. Moses wasn't up, hey, I want to go lead the children of Israel. I want to do that job. He's picked me. No, he was saying, no, 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 no. You got the wrong person. You get the, my brother over here. He can talk better than I can. You know, pass the buck. So God said, I'm going to, you know, Moses, you're the man. You're the man. So by now this time, God is beginning to challenge Moses, bring him into leadership. And he's calling Moses to approach Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh is the big guy. Pharaoh is the king of the land, right? Of Egypt. He's, whatever he says, it goes. It's, it's his way or the highway, right? And so we read these verses. Verse 1, After Moses and Aaron came 
and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three-day journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, and and lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Get back to your labors. Again, Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many, and you would have them cease from their labors. So the same, so the same day, Pharaoh commanded the task, taskmasters over the people and their foremen, saying, you're no longer to give the people straw to make a brick, as previously let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the quota of bricks which they are making previously, you shall impose on them. You are not to reduce any of it, because they are lazy. Therefore, they cry out, let us go sacrifice to our God. Now, Pharaoh has no clue who the Lord God is. Pharaoh has no clue. He's going to understand in in a few more chapters. This is just the beginning of the request that Moses is going to keep going back to Pharaoh, asking him, let my people go, right? For ten more things that are going to happen We're not going to cover those today, but we're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk a little bit about what it's like sometimes when it just, when you thought it was tough enough, it got tougher, right? You've heard that. You've you've had days where you say, what else could go wrong? We can't hardly keep up with it as it is now. Now he says, go get your own straw. What, what is he thinking? We can't even keep up. What a, we can't keep up with the pace. Inflation is already over the whatever, the, the edge, the inflation. And some of us only have this so much to live on. And now we're expected to live on less, right? Basically, that's what it comes out to. So are we, are we going to say, oh, woe is me? Are we going to be cave in? Are we going to give up? Are we going to trust God? And that's what it comes down to. Even if our Lord does not provide in the way we thought he would, that we will not give in to we will not give up our faith. We will not cease. We will not cease pressing forward. How important it was for Moses and the Lord and his people, how important it was to God that they find a place to seek him. How important it was on God's heart that they might, God might reveal himself to him, to the, to the people that he was leading out of the, the bondage of, of slavery. Now you can imagine. Uh, they didn't have probably a cement mixer, right? They didn't have a cement mixer in those days. And I, I don't think they did. I think they did a lot of shoveling, and I think they did a lot of tromping with the mud and the straw, and they had probably forms that they created these bricks. I was going to bring some bricks in today, but I couldn't find any in my yard. There was only blocks. 
Now, forgive me. Can you just imagine the sweat under the heat? They're out there every day after day making the quota. I don't know how many they had to make. There were a lot of people, so they could make a lot of bricks. But all of a sudden, it got harder, really bad, because how are we going to keep up? We can't even hardly keep up now. Now we have to go and get our own straw. I remember growing up in the house, in the farmhouse, in the dead of the winter, the well froze. Remember that, Linda? Kinda. Well, it turned out Dad had a lot of animals to feed and water, so we had to go down to the river or a lake or somewhere and chop a hole in the ice and pour water and carry water. Those were the days, right? Things happened. Things froze up. Where did it go with that story? Well, it was hard enough, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. It's days where it was hard enough, and now it got worse. All of a sudden, life can get hard. We're not promised an easy life, are we? Hello? But he said, I will be with you. And he said, if you will trust me, I will be faithful. If you will serve me, I will help you. If you will look to me, I will bless you. If you, you read on here, if you, if you avoid the other false gods, when I take you out of this place, when I get you to the Canaan land, I want you to look to me, not to the, the Hivite and the, all the ites, all the enemies, gods, so-called gods. Did you know that Achan is in the Bible? Achanites. Achanites. Right? Achanites. I'm from that Achan place. Anyway. Can any good thing come out of Achan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I say yes. God is doing good things in Achan. And wherever we live and wherever we walk, God, further down the line in his, the history of the Israelites, as they stumbled and they stumbled and they failed and they had to wander for 40 years, finally they got to Joshua and his leadership, and he had to pick up where they left off and keep going. When he saw he could go in, when he had the faith, the other eight spies that came back said, no way, we're a grasshopper. Remember I said last Sunday, if you act like a grasshopper, you think like a grasshopper, you look like a grasshopper. And, and then my wife reminded me, she said, people start to treat you like a grasshopper. Right? People start to treat you. So what do we have going for us today? What do you and I, we have the hope of our God that he's going to lead us that he's going to give us a way out, that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. It seems like what we were, we were just barely able to do. Now we expect it to do more. Sometimes serving the Lord looks crazy. Sometimes serving the Lord looks not only crazy to us, but crazier to the world. Right? Why would you go to church? 
Why would you give an offering? Why would you pray to God you can't see? Why, 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 why? The world wants things that they can prove that it exists. God says, you can't please me unless you live by what? Faith. Faith. Someone you can't see, but you know he's there. Someone that you believe in that died for you, that rose again, that came back from the dead. Not everyone has the same value, number one. Not everyone carries the same set of songs in their heart. Not everyone has the same idea of what life should look like. Not everyone reacts according to the faith. As Paul wrote to a young pastor, his name was Timothy. In one of his letters, he writes these words in 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy, rather, chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, I, all, it, it, I, I indeed all who desire to live godly. That don't sound right. Okay. And I indeed all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And indeed. I, I can't read my own writing. Come on, let's laugh a little bit. And indeed. You get to that age, you know. All who desire to live godly. So you want to live for God. Yes. But nobody told me about this hardship. Nobody told me that it was going to be harder. It just so happens. When we choose to live for God, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easier. It simply means that it's going to be better. Because your eternity is with him. Your future is with him. The stuff that we see and live and work for so hard on this earth right now, it's all stuff, and we know what all this stuff is just going to amount to nothing when it's all over. It's nothing. It doesn't matter. It's okay to have stuff. Stuff shouldn't have you. So we just have a few things that we go through this life. We get, we get by, so to speak. God is taking care of us. But our greatest need, our desperate, desperate need is Jesus, who taketh my sin on himself, and I am forgiven. That's the greatest need of humankind. Pharaoh couldn't see it. Pharaoh didn't understand it. All he says is, you guys are lazy. You, you talk about leaving your work? Oh, my goodness. What would happen if they left for three days? The whole economy would collapse, of course, right? No more bricks for three days? Are you kidding me? Get back to your labors. You're lazy, right? That's the natural man. That's the world system. And Paul said in a place, the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians 2.14, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually praised. That's exactly what Pharaoh was manifesting. A natural thinking. Why would he let these people go 
So Moses it's challenging. Moses probably took a step back. And we're going to see in a bit what happens to Moses. Not everyone sees our value. Not everyone's going to say, well, let's, let's, uh, it's a good thing to go to the house of the Lord. Not everyone's ready for that yet, but you keep planting the seed. You keep living the life. You keep loving people where they're at for who they are. And you keep planting the seeds of God's love, His Word. I thought about this inflation thing. For some people, they're living below below poverty. I don't know how they're making it, but by the grace of God. But it, we are living in an age where it is a challenge. We've got to get more straw. We've got to keep up. We've got to live on what we've been living on. You have inflation's going up. I, I feel for folks that are in a situation where they don't know where they can make the cuts. They're trying to figure it out. Where are we going to make the cuts? How are we going to make it? And so they're, they're depending upon their God to give them wisdom. And, and maybe, maybe another, another thing opens up. Maybe something different comes along whatever it may be, but it's in the Lord's will. How do we keep our faith when it, all of a sudden we've never been in this situation before? We've never had this happen before. We've never had it quite like it is now. And yet we continue to go to God. Because he's your source. And so these people, they cried out. They were in trouble, second point. They were in trouble. What do you do when you're in trouble? Well, the first thing is to realize you're in trouble. That's no brainer. We're in trouble. Lord, you know about it. You know all about my situation. You know all about what we're up against. You know what? What are you? What are you doing, Lord? You said you wouldn't give us any more than we can handle. There's a verse that we, we 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 can use that. And then some would say, "Well, how much do you think I can handle, Lord?" And we come back to this feeling of overwhelmingness. This feeling of, it's impossible. But what about the verses that talk about with God, it's all things are possible. With man, it's impossible. But with God, it's all things are possible. What should we do when we're in trouble? The first thing, they cried out. They talked. To Moses, they talked, they, got, they, they, they cried out in their hearts to the Lord. They realized that they were not going to be able to complete. Verse 13, it says, The taskmasters pressed them, saying, Complete your quota, your daily amount, just as when you had straw. 
And now their foremans were getting tough and they were beating them. Make bricks. In verse 19, the foremen of the sons of Israel saw that they were in trouble because they were told you must not reduce your daily amount of bricks. When they left Pharaoh's presence, they met Moses and Aaron as they were waiting for them. And it was not going to be a pretty sight. These people were furious. Because supposedly God had chosen Moses and Aaron to give the direction. They were in trouble. I think about another man who disobeyed the Lord. Remember this man, he had something against the, uh, the Ninevites. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about yet? This, this man had something against preaching to Nineveh. His name was Jonah. He argued with the Lord. He ran from God. He, he found a boat. He got on the boat. He tried to get away from God. And then a storm comes up, and the, and the guys on the ship said, Who sinned? I don't know how they knew that. I mean, just like, who's the guy? Jonah. Well, Jonah confessed, It's me. It's me. Throw me over. Get rid of me, right? Oh, it happens. Jonah is thrown over, and the waves calm down, but Jonah is swallowed by this big old whale of a fish, right? And you read from the book of Jonah, chapter 2, 1 and 2, then Jonah, then Jonah, he's in the belly of the whale, then Jonah prayed to the Lord. Some people wait till they're in the belly of the whale to pray. Huh? So, that works, but mm, let's pray as we go along. Right. But let me finish the verse. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for the help from the depth of Sheol. Thou didst hear my voice. God knows when you're desperate, right? God knows when you're real. God knows and he hears the cries of people. And God responded, much like he did with Peter, who had walked on the water. Well, he, he began to walk on the water. He began to actually stay up, float, and walk on the water until he realized, whoa, what is going on? Am I actually walking on the water? And he began to sink. When he looked in the way, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink, right? And as soon as he began to sink, he cried out. And Jesus was there to lift him up. See, Jesus is there when you cry out. When you cry out from the depth of your heart, when you cry Simply cast your cares upon the Lord, right? For he cares for you. The Bible talks about asking the Lord for what you have need of. 
He wants us to ask. He wants us to seek Him. He does not want us to rely on our own understanding. He wants us to simply allow Him to be who He is so that He proves to you that He is in control, not yourself. So that when I'm in trouble, it may be because of circumstances that are out of my control. There may be days when you look back and say, I believe the Lord spared my life. Some of you grew up on farms. Some of you understand things can happen. Uh, uh, machinery around work. Some of you have traveled many miles. You probably can go back to a point in your life where you say, there the Lord protected me. And there I cried out. And he was there. See, the people of God are going to be persecuted. Those who profess to know Jesus Christ, those who want to live a godly life, Paul said to Timothy, will experience tribulation or persecution. The church is not exempt from being persecuted. All the way through history. It continues to survive even though it's persecuted. It continues to grow and continue to advance. The kingdom keeps growing forth because Jesus talked to us about it. From Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first his kingdom when he was talking about all the stuff that you have need of. Your food, your clothing, all the stuff that he lists. Don't be worried about things, but oh boy, human nature kicks in, and we worry, we worry, we worry. So often we have to say, wait a minute, is that what God wants? No, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things, all these things. So what if we don't get the quota of bricks in? We're going to get a beating. Lord, I can't save myself. Here comes the cross. The Lord takes our beating. I can't, I can't be good enough. I can't work hard enough. I can't make enough bricks to please Pharaoh. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I fall short. The harder I try, the more I fall. Stop doing it with in your own thinking. You come to Jesus, I've taken your beating. I took your stripes and I gave my life over to death. But then I come back as we sang that song, a beautiful song, conquering death. That's the hope. That's the real message. That's what keeps us going. That's what even things don't seem right. There is an anchor in our soul that is which cross. It's the cross where he paid all the penalty for our sin. We are in trouble without Jesus, aren't we? But with Jesus, we're going to make it. But with Jesus, there's a future. But with Jesus, there's an everlasting. But with Jesus, there's provision. And Paul wrote back to the church of Philippi and said, thanks 
thanks for giving an offering. And said, my God will supply, shall supply all your needs according to his given it shall, Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you. Well, lastly, besides the values and being in trouble, Moses is next. Now, leadership is challenged. Oftentimes, God has to do a work in the leader before he can do anything through the leader. How many of you catch that, what I'm talking about? God is working in people like you and I so that he can work through us. Moses is on the, in verse 20. They met Moses. The people met Moses and Aaron as they were waiting for them. And they said to them, May the Lord look upon you and judge you, for you have made us odious in Pharaoh's sight. And in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Now, Moses never wanted this to happen, I'm sure. I'm sure Moses thought that Pharaoh would reason and say, go ahead and go and worship. Moses returned to the Lord. Moses didn't start to argue or wiggle his way out of the situation that he was in. Notice what he does. Moses turned to the Lord, returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why hast thou brought harm to this people? Why dost thou ever send me? Why, 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 why? We want to know the questions. We want to have answers. And so he's complaining to the Lord. It's okay to ask God questions, but never question who he is. Right? He is who he is. He's always, he knows the beginning to the end. And so Moses is, is upset, no doubt. Moses is thinking in his own understanding, how am I going to get this job done that you've called me to do? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, verse 23, he has done harm to this people, and thou hast not delivered thy people at all. It's like, oh, Lord, why, why, why? Nothing's happening. And for ten more, ten more things that are going to come. <laughs> Lord, can you just... Got this on the move right away. I feel like God had some word to do in Moses' heart. Moses' willingness to trust God, even though it didn't happen the way he thought it should happen. God is speaking. In the next few verses, things change. I, like, I want to read these verses in the first part of chapter 6. It says, then the Lord said. That's all it takes. No matter what man is saying, what is God saying? Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. It's like he's saying, watch and learn. Pharaoh has no clue what he's up against. 
And so the enemy of our soul, Satan, wants to bring us down, right? Wants to discourage us if he can. Wants to get us defeated if he can. Wants to get us to start complaining if he can. He wants us to get us into a life where we are in trouble. But guess what? When we turn to God and give it to God, because the Bible talks about the battle belonging to the Lord, the Lord wants to fight the spiritual battle. The Lord is only the only one who can uh, be in a place, a position. He's the only one strong enough to push back the enemy. And we read in Romans 8, 28, these wonderful words that say, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And now, when you read that, you say, oh yeah, that's great, that's wonderful. But when you're in the heat of the battle, when you're in things that aren't going right, when you're in stuff that you're, you're not wanting to hear, that it's happening to your, to your health, we go on and the list goes on, we, we, we sometimes say, oh. What do you mean go make get your own straw? We have to bring ourselves to his word. And Moses, he tried to argue his way out of the leadership call. He tried to reason somehow from his own understanding that he could not do it. And that's exactly where God wanted him to be. Moses, you can't do it. I'm going to do it. It's like he says in chapter 6, Moses, stand back. Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. And God continued to hammer away until Pharaoh, and even after Pharaoh lets the people go, Pharaoh gathers his men. What have we done? Oh, we, we allowed them to go. Let's go after them. And God finally brings the Red Sea back over them, and it's done. God oftentimes has to work in us before working through us. See, our faith. is the most precious treasure other than the Lord himself, but faith in the Lord. That's the, that's the greatest, that's the richest person. When James talked about faith and he talked about how faith is, ought to be demonstrated, Faith went beyond the average. Faith went beyond the circumstance. Faith would, would, would go beyond what we see. And it's that kind of faith that God is calling. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord today. I trust that you're following Jesus. I trust that you're, you're seeking after him. It doesn't matter where you're at as long as you get started. That's the main thing. Get started with God. And he'll give you that which you have need of. And little by little, you begin to grow into a, into a, to a place where you're, you're, you're starting to walk more 
uh, like Jesus, you're beginning to live uh, according to his will and his purpose, and we become more surrendered. And even if the world seems like it's gone over the edge, when people are unreasonable, when things are crazy, chaotic, there is a place. When all was said and done, when Moses was finally getting the commandments, you know, further on into the story, and he goes to the mountain to get the commandments, and he's at the face of God, and he's for 40 days the first time, and he comes back, gets mad, throws the, the tablets, breaks the commandments over the rocks because these people were sinning, and then he goes back. And all that time with God, he says, Lord, show me your glory. That says something about what's happened in Moses' heart. It came further. It was more than just leading people out of bondage. It was about leading a life into a relationship with God Almighty. And he prayed that wonderful prayer, Lord, show me thy glory. And God did show him and pass by because there was a place for him. Emily, would you be willing to come back and help us sing that song one more time that we sang last? And I want us to focus, I want us to think about whatever we are facing right now, I want us to lay it at the Lord's feet. If, it, if it's something that's bothered you, something, if it's a health issue, if it's something that's financial, if it's something that has to do with relationship, I want you to begin to lay it at the feet of Jesus. If it's something that has to do with your future and your, and your, your livelihood and what's going to happen next and all kinds of things we can think about. Bring us to that place, Lord, where we are reminded daily what you have done for us already. And Lord, help us when we are tempted to to complain or to not have the faith that we should help us to look to you help us to have ears to hear I pray that you will be upon our hearts this day that we would not leave you in this place that we would take you from this place to our workplaces, into our living, into the marketplaces of life. We now want to honor you by singing this song and reflecting on the words, reflecting upon the message. In Jesus' name.